Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Kelly Webster, Millwall Lionesses. Just like to thank Acton Millwall and all its listeners for all of your support. It really means a lot to us. Thank you. You're listening to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to just a slightly belated episode of uh, Random Fixtures from the Past. My name is Nick Hart. You're listening, of course, to Achtung Millwall. And as I say, slightly belated in that I actually selected this fixture a few days ago. But what with one thing and another, notwithstanding the um, production of our Achtung Millwall yearbook, more news on that shortly. Um, which has actually been the real struggle, listeners. I don't know if you've ever heard of the concept of writer's block. I think I might have been suffering with it. Um, every word has been agony to rip out of my very soul. I feel a bit like Percy Bysshe Shelley or Lord Byron in that way, you know, actual, actual kind of physical effort involved in writing this year's um, Mill Achtung yearbook. Um, I might be overdoing it. Slightly forgive me. Anyway, we're on to random fixtures from the past. Um, thank you for the kind words from those people who've contacted us to say how much they're enjoying these little series. Um, I enjoyed doing them. This one is a relatively recent year, selected by random.org, 1996. And the fixture that I chose, because it was a few days ago, as I said, is Millwall 2, Burnley 1, Dated 31st of August 1996, a game played in Division 2, as it was called then, the third tier of English football. Very different Burnley back in those times, struggling in the lower echelons of the English game. And rather a different Millwall, in all honesty. This was the season after relegation. We'd been relegated in 1995-96 on the last day, famously at Ipswich. We'd slipped out from it. We'd topped the table and were relegated with the highest number of points in, I don't know, living memory since the dawn of time, the ancient Anglo-Saxon chronicles, all that kind of stuff. It was a high point count to get relegated with. But relegated we were into the third division and we found ourselves um, you know, in financial trouble. This, this would be a season that would develop towards administration 1996-97, if memory serves, we went into administration in the January of this year. Um, so it was a grim time 
in all honesty, to be a Millwall fan, 96, 97. There didn't seem to be an awful lot of optimism around. Um, we were under the management, of course, of Jimmy Nicholl, who had been appointed the previous season in February 1996 and would be sacked in February 1997. But at this stage, at least, and in the early phase of the season, there was a slight kind of... Um, False wind, a false optimism, a false dawn, some, whatever way you want to put it. We we actually uh, were doing not too badly in the table in the early phase of the season. And I had completely forgotten this, dear listener. We actually were top of the table um, in 1996, November and, and, and December. And was second coming into the third into the new year. So... This was not a bad start to the season. I remember this being a really grim time of it. This was the season where we played in those darker blue shirts with the South London Press written on the front. Um, maybe I was still hung over from relegation the previous season, which always seemed to me to be one of the most wasteful seasons and unnecessary relegations in, in Millwall history. And we've had a few over the years. But I don't remember us. Do you remember this? Dear listener, us topping the table in the third tier in late 1996, it completely passed me by, um, so apologies for that. But certainly coming into November, we were top of the table. Um, I imagine one or two of us would have been dreaming of, of promotion. I don't remember dreaming of promotion back then, but it's such a long time ago and all the memories merge into one as, as, um, as I read recently. So the Mill team, 31st of August, 1996, Lions winning it 2-1. The Mill team that day, Tim Carter in goal. We mentioned him on a previous show. The back line was Lucas Neal at left back. Damien Webber. I'm going to come back to Damien Webber later on. Tony Witter. Um, I like Tony Witter. The Witter zone. Only one Tony Witter walking in a Witter wonderland that's in the central Defensive positions and Ricky Newman. These are names from the past, aren't they? On the right side of the defence, midfield. Now here's a name: Jason Dare, one from the from the uh, the archives there and in midfield. Keith Stevens. I've put Keith playing further forwards. Rhino playing further forwards in this fixture um, because Weber and, and Witter were certainly um, central defenders, and sometimes Rhino did stray into midfield at times. Um, so I've got him in the middle. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Listeners, this is a long time ago now. Keith Stevens alongside Bobby Bowery. He of the running in circles, pointing and shouting at people. The midfield uh, maestro Bobby Bowery, who I think, I think became a football agent later on after, you know, giving up the game. he came from Palace, hadn't he? Um, with, I believe, was that with Newman? Such an, I haven't checked that fact, so correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he came as a part of a double deal. He come from, he's shown as coming from Palace for 220000 I can't believe we paid that much money. I thought and had an idea it was a double deal. But anyway, I haven't checked that, so I'm not going to pound on about that particular fact. Alongside Barry midfield, Dave Savage on the right. Substituted in this game by one Maurice Doyle after 13 minutes. Um, must have gone off injured, Savage. Um, up front, Chris Malkin. <laughs> used to f the most average strikers. I know some people liked him. I, d I didn't like him. And Steve Crawford, I actually didn't mind at all. Steve Crawford, one of the uh, few Scottish players brought down by Nicol that I actually liked. Replaced in the 51st minute in this particular match by Tony Dolby. Scoring 1-0 Mill 
to the Lions on the 70th minute, a goal from Ricky Newman. Um, an equaliser just five minutes later by Kurt Nogan for the Clarets, made it one all. And then the third goal in 10 minutes to win it for Millwall, a Lucas Neal goal in 79 minutes. Now, I have no press coverage and I have no YouTube footage, so I don't have any memories of this game. I probably would have been there. There was a crowd of 9,281 to watch it, so I have no further detail on any of that, unfortunately, other than the bare bones facts that we uh, went ahead, conceded and went ahead again. One other thing just struck me, just seeing the crowd there, 9,281, and that... You know, initial surge up the table. There was, um, there must have been a sense of optimism that, that has passed me by. I've, was optimism still fresh? I don't know. I can't remember this period too well for just the way it works in your life. Um, but I certainly don't remember it being that. Um, you know, any sense of good time? What did you do? You remember it, dear listener? Do you remember us being top of the table? Do you remember there being any sense of Energy pulsing around the place. Um, let me know if, if you do, because I don't recall it at all. Um, now, as we've said, we're under the management of Jimmy Nickel, who had been appointed the previous season, February 96. And as we've said, we'll go on to be sacked. Basically, just after one year in, in position, the sacking would come after the administration was announced and one of his um, parting shots as he in, in, in his uh, press interviews was the financial difficulties and the high wages being paid to certain players. I, I don't know if that would have included high wages paid to rather average managers, um, but certainly I think he was one of the casualties that arose out of the need to cut costs and cut them quite dramatically and fast as the club span out of control into administration. Um, this was before Theopathetis came on the scene. Jimmy Nichols' managerial track record, as I've said, is um, is is average, I think. In that year of management, he won 16 games for us, drew 11 and lost 21 times. So um, despite a, a a decent playing career, Jimmy Nichol, primarily with Manchester United in the 70s, so this would have been the kind of, um, I guess, the Tommy Doherty era and who managed them after that, I can't remember. But certainly this was the period of Manchester United's history when they were certainly a cup team rather than any kind of league threats. But he played 197 times for Manchester United, scoring three goals, played as a defender, Northern Irish international, um, spent a lot of his career in, in North America, Toronto Blizzard um, twice, Sunderland twice, um, appeared at Rangers in Scotland, twice and then up to in the end to Dunfermline in Rafe Rovers. So an experienced player at the high level. Um, management wise, less so. I mean he came to us from Rafe Rovers in the aftermath of relegation. I have a sense that Rafe he got Rafe into the uh, one of the European competitions. Was it the UEFA Cup? And they got on a slight run in that competition. And on the strength of that he signed for Millwall in 1996. This would not be a happy marriage, in all honesty, dear listeners. And despite, as the, the aforementioned, early season optimism in the in the third tier, it would all go wrong in the end. And um, Nicol left back to Scotland after a, a managing at Mill Rafe Rovers, Cowden Beef. In the series of um, caretaker positions, he's, he's caretake, uh, caretaked. Caretaken manager as as for Hibernian, Cowden Beef, and even at Rangers you know, as, as late as 2018. He's currently Northern Irish um, assistant manager 
to to Ian Barraclough. So he hasn't gone away, as the saying goes. Curious mixture of of, of um, moderate playing success. I mean, obviously, to play for Manchester United in that era was not akin to manage, you know, playing for them under the um, the heights of Sir Alex Ferguson. This was an era where they they won the FA Cup in seventy six, seventy seven, and that was probably about as far as United's ambitions went in those times. Um, in Scotland, he's won the, a couple of three league cups, a Premier League, Premier Division twice with Rangers, and the Fife Cup. Well, he's, he's, he's secured the Fife Cup for Rafe. Was it five, six times? A Scottish League Cup win with Rafe and the Scottish First Division. So that was the calibre of manager that uh, Jimmy Nicholl was. I, I wonder sometimes whether the financial issues at the club, self-evident financial issues, blighted his career, or was it just that it was very, very average? I'm tending towards the average theory, to be honest with you, dear listener. Do let me know if you have any other insight or um, you know alternative opinion on that, though. Always interested to hear from our listeners. Mediocre, I think, is the best I can sum up Jimmy Nickel as. Now, I picked out two players, not huge amounts on on either. Tony Witter was one of my favourite defenders of the late 1990s. 1994 to 98, he played for the Lions. Already mentioned the uh, "Walking in a Winter Wonderland" song. That um, you know, it's, it's a rare player that gets his own chant. I think he was taken to the hearts of the of the line support as much for his frailties in defence as as anything else. There was that famed Witter Zone, where late goals would be conceded from eighty eight minutes onwards into whenever the referee blew the whistle. Um, I always found him an honest, fast, and hard working defender. That in the end. You know, quality is, is everything. But in the end, you know, I think he probably just fell a bit short on that. I'd forgotten he'd had two spells for us, though. He'd, he'd come to us on loan in 1991-92, made zero appearances. Maybe that's why I'd forgotten about it. And then 115 appearances in his longer period, 94-98, as we've said. 115 appearances and three uh, sub- substitute and two goals in that time. Tony Witter, I looked online. There's not a huge amount of information as to where he went or what happened to him after leaving the lines. He'd come to us from QPR. Um, I think he might be working as a plumber. Um, but I can't I can't tell you that for certain. There was a Tony Witter, but the, the link went dead when, when you click on it. So I think he may be working as a plumber. So good luck to Tony. Um, as I say, I, not one of the worst defenders we've ever had, though, you know, certainly not one of the best either by any stretch of the imagination. And and on the same subject, um, we've covered Tony Witter. I thought we might cover, such as you're able to, his defensive partner that day, Damien Weber. Remember Damien Weber, dear listeners. Now that's Damien spelt with an E N, not A N, as is your you know natural inclination. Now, if you want minimal information on a player, then search out Damien Weber's Wikipedia page. He does have one. Um, just one sentence. He was born in October. 1968, he's an English former professional footballer who played in the Football League as a defender. That's it. That's your lot. That's all you're being told. He's come from, born in a place called Rustington, which is in West Sussex. His playing career was spent in the the Sussex non-leagues and then with one standout period for Millwall. Crawley Town, question mark on appearances and goals. Bognor Regis Town, the same. 1994 to 1998, Millwall, 65 appearances, four goals. Then he's gone off to Worthing, Burgess Hill Town, Southwick, and Three Bridges. The only reference I found to Damien Webber was um, one of his sons 
was, I believe, um, a youth at Crawley Town. And there's a report that he was um, one of their old boy players and his son was now playing for Crawley Town at the People's, People's Pension Stadium. Coincidentally being where we'll play on Saturday. This is being recorded on Thursday, the 3rd of September. So we've got the Caribou Cup game at uh, Crawley on, on Saturday. Otherwise, minimal information for Damien Webber. I, again, remember him being a, a lumbering, okay defender of the time, but certainly not one that you would want in defence nowadays at the level that we've reached. Um, any memories of Damien Webber that you want to share with me are, are welcome. Um, I can't give you much more than those bare bones. There's absolutely um, very little online beyond what I've said. So Damien Webber there for you, dear listeners. So there you have it. That's our random fixture from 1996. Another time, another place. It's it's odd when you look at Burnley, um, given that they're now in the Premier League and sloshing around with the, the slosh pots of the rich and wealthy. And back then they were struggling in Division 3, Division 2 as they called it, third division in practical terms with the likes of us. Um, this would be a tough season. We would finish in administration staring down the barrel of non-existence at one point. I remember when the news came through that we were in administration and there was a very real fear that the club would go out of existence. Theo Pathetis famously taking on the um, you know the chair with about 15 minutes before the, um, you know, the guillotine would have dropped. Um, strange season. We fell away in the end to finish in 14th position, having been third... Third as late as March 1997, but clearly the um, the loss of, of 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 form, the loss of confidence in the club, combined to take its toll, and we finished in 14th position from third in March. 14th we finished in May, so two months we've dropped the length and breadth of the table. Um, Theopathetis is a, a story for another time, isn't it, dear listeners? So there we have it. Um, Millwall 2, Burnley 1, 1996, random fixture from the past. Thank you for listening to the show. Do have a listen to our Lioness shows. We've um, put an advert up at the St. Paul's um, Stadium, which is really, it's, 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 I've never put an advert up at a football stadium before. It's quite exciting um, to see the photographs come through. But it's also really uh, gladdening to the heart to see and hear the amount of appreciation that the girls are getting from the support of the podcast. So I'm really happy to be able to um, do my little bit to 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 take that forwards. The Lioness shows are produced, admirably produced by Ryan and Michael, and they're really interesting. They've certainly changed my view of, of women's football, if I'm going to be up front with you all. But there we are, dear listeners. Thank you for listening to this random, uh, belated random edition of, of the um, Achtung Mill Randomizer. We may do another one of these next week. Um, until then, Arrivederci Millwall. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci Millwall. Till next time.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 